How do you like to start reading a series? From the very beginning, with the publication of the first book, or after the series has several titles available to read? Today's guest, John W. Mefford, has both. In a world where hundreds of new books are released every day, how can readers find yours? I'm Stephen Campbell. I'm the CEO of Camven Media. What we do is provide digital assets and strategies to help authors find and keep new readers and fans. That's the way I pay the bills. But in this show, you and I indulge our shared love of mysteries and crime novels by spending time with the people who write them. Are you ready? Let's get this show rolling. Hey there, and welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm. Today's guest, John W. Mefford, started his second thriller series last year. In fact, he wrote six and a half books. One of the books was a novella, so he calls it six and a half. Six and a half books in his Booker series, and all of them were published in 2015. He's got similar plans in 2016 for a new series featuring FBI agent Alex Trout. We talk about the new book and the two other series that John writes in this episode of CrimeFiction.fm, which also happens to be our very first show with video. I've posted the video in the show notes at the CrimeFiction.fm website, and you can also find it at YouTube. All righty then, let's get going with today's interview. John, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Stephen, and I appreciate you having me on. It, it's a pleasure. You and I... You're on the CrimeFiction.fm email list, and I sent out an email last Friday mentioning uh, a desire to do some video and experiment with video, and you were the first person to raise your hand. So uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for doing that. I, I appreciate your willingness to, uh, to play with me here. <laughs> Certainly. It's great to be front and the first in line in something. And I did see on your Facebook page that you're, you have been doing some video yourself, uh, just talking directly to your fans and your readers and fans uh, via Facebook. And uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but I thought that was very clever of you to do that. And they're well done. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's gone really well, and it's just a great way to connect with my readers individually. And I've gotten some really good feedback so far. And there's one I'm, I'm going to encourage people to, to look for. It. There's one where you're having some voice problems. So you did it all with <laughs> cue cards. You just held up the cards. That, yeah. that, that had to be a lot of work. It, it actually was, and it, and it came at the last second because my voice wasn't really responding that day, and it was the week of the release of At Bay, uh-huh. so I had to do something, and I've been wanting to do the video, so I just kind of made it up as I was going along and just feverishly wrote out a bunch of notes on my cue card, yes. Okay, well, let's let's get into it by talking about At Bay. Uh, the, the, the primary character is Alexandra, or Alex, uh, her... her the, the name she's she's initial. I'm not going to go into the whole name thing. I'll, I'll let you do the name thing. Okay. But uh, she wakes up in the hospital, doesn't know who she is, doesn't know what's going on, and uh, great open to a a thriller. So take it away. Tell us about the book. Well, so uh, Alex and at bay. Um, you know, I really wanted to figure out a way to introduce a character and to be able to get into what they're really made of as that character explores it themselves. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Alex herself has this accident, has a memory loss. And, you know, while her personality, as we slowly get to know her personality, she's trying to figure it out herself. And I think the really interesting part about it is as she's figuring things out about herself, she doesn't really like what she hears. And, you know, I think uh, one of the things that a lot of us are kind of wondering if we were put in a situation of, if we lost everything that we knew, you know, 
what would people really think about us if we went through those situations? She's trying to figure all that out while dealing with two kids that she can't predict, a husband who seems distant, and she realizes she's an FBI agent. <laughs> and what does she do? She has to dive in and do something, something that's meaningful in her life. And she dives into her casework, of course, being escorted by her, her partner, Nick. And from there, it just kind of gets deeper into the mystery around how she got where she was in the hospital, what caused her accident. And that ends up connecting to some other things that uh, are not nearly as um, palatable for her. And, uh, of course, as you know, the worlds end up colliding in the end, and she has to deal with a lot of things personally, professionally. And uh, she's really tested, um, I think, more than she ever has in her whole life. I really enjoyed uh, the whole idea, the concept, the way we were inside Alex's mind as she's coming to grips with – Two kids that she doesn't know. She's looking at pictures of them. Like, uh, yes, yeah, she does kind of look like me. And oh. and then the way she recognizes the bond fairly quickly on and, and all of the other things that, that go along with essentially completely losing your memory and then slowly but surely getting it back. I, I felt like that was really well done. Did you do some research on that? Well, not really. Um, I'm a parent, and so I understand that connection that you have with kids. Mm -hmm. And I just have this feeling that if you, um, you know, even if you lost a lot of your memory of what was going on, and she had a few little gaps that were being filled in here and there, mm -hmm. that that bond would would quickly surface. And I think it did. Of course, so you have her kids that she's trying to figure out, and then you have that nanny over there. And that yes. nanny, as you know, <laughs> is somebody that is ultimately the biggest thorn in her side. Uh, not just to, I mean, so she's just trying to figure out what is going on and how did I get myself in this situation? And that's, it's a little bit of comedy mixed in there, but it's also pretty gut-wrenching at times for her because mm. as she slowly figures out what's going on in her whole life, she's trying to figure out how in the world did I do this to myself and to my family. And and we should also mention that it's not just two kids, but uh, one of the kids is a teenage girl. That yes. brings its own dynamics. And, and the <laughs> other is, I, I think, a 10 or 11-year-old boy? He's 11 years old, Okay. Yes. And, and uh, uh, so, you know, fun stuff. This is the start of a series. As an author, this seems to be your thing, to write uh, a series. And this, uh, it, based on your website, it looks like this is your third series. Do I have that right? It is indeed my third series, yes. So let's, let's sort of walk through the other two series. Then we'll get back to um, At Bay and, and where you're going with this one. So which, what was first for you? The very first book I, I wrote was Fatal Greed. And... Um, I actually wrote it under a different name, and then I took it down, rewrote it, rebranded it, because I had more of a vision about where I really wanted to take it from a series perspective. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I had really come from a world of the corporate world where greed was pervasive, and I saw it all around me. And I was trying to figure out – I've always loved mystery thrillers for my whole life. I mean, I've, I, I remember waking up as a kid on Saturday mornings to watch Charlie Chan, Scooby-Doo, Sherlock Holmes. I mean, you named it. I watched it or I read it. Uh, I read every Hardy Boys book, uh, Hardy Boys uh, mystery book out oh, yeah. there ten times over. Uh -huh. um, so I've just been, you know, enthralled with that perspective. And then, you know, you throw in just life experiences of dealing with people and in situations. And I just knew I had to combine something, something, and it was something that was speaking to me inside. I've been wanting to write a book for so many years, and so out came Fatal Greed. It's a pretty gritty read. Uh, there's a lot going on in there, but so many people can connect with it just because of what it of the subject matter dealing mm -hmm. with greed. And so then I wanted to figure out how do I take that greed concept 
and expand it into other areas because a lot of people speak about the greed of money ultimately uh, and possessions. Uh, but then the, the subsequent books dealt with other obsessions and, and focuses that modern day society has to deal with. And so we talk about uh, lethal greed deals a lot with, um, you know, drug trafficking and drug smuggling and, and how drugs are pervasive in society and, and how that interacts and how that impacts so many different sets of folks. And then the other books are about other different types of greed. And of course I have a main character who kind of, you know, goes through that journey through the whole process. Um, so those are my first four books uh, on the greed series. Then I had the Booker series and Booker series. I was thrilled to, to write about mm-hmm. uh, Booker um, is a former cop term PI forced out of the Dallas police department, uh, born and raised on the streets of Southeast Dallas, um, but educated, went to University of Texas, uh, met some interesting people, and has quite a diverse set of friends. So he's got a lot of street in him, but he's very educated, very passionate about the people of the city. Um, and it just a lot of it came to me. I remember one night my wife and I were down in Dallas walking through the Arts District and just seeing how things had come to life there. There's a Actually, there's a, there's a um, art school down there called Booker T. Washington. Mm-hmm. And that's the character had been bubbling in my mind for a while, and I just thought to myself, "That's what I want my main character to be called, Booker." And it's not going to. While he does have a last name in the book, it's not Washington. I wanted to just the Booker brand mm-hmm. to just stand proud and tall. And so then it was just figuring out how some I could get really some get some really meaty, great storylines to support Booker uh, and put him in some really interesting situations. He, of course, is a single father again. And I think, you know, a lot of the themes I think in my books is that, you know, I got some, you know, some interesting situations where people are put in, you know, uh, suspense and thrills that are would really make your skin crawl at times. But ultimately, they're about how people evolve and grow and their relationships. And so the kind of that journey that the character goes on, not just through the book, but through the series is something that I really focused on. And I probably focused that more on the Booker series. The Greed series just kind of happened, mm-hmm. you know, because I started the first book and then the next book just kind of just happened after that. And I kind of took that a book at a time. Booker was a little bit different. I created that story arc from the very beginning okay. and kind of looked at the whole thing mm-hmm. um, with a few twists here and there. I, what I really don't like to do is to put myself in a box and say, I'm going to do everything I have in the paper here. I like to be able to plan it a little bit in advance, but leave some creative, um, you know, thought process out there so i can change my mind as i'm going along because things come to you as you as you know as you're going along in the process you need to have the freedom to be able to make changes now when you were developing the story arc and presumably the character arc for booker did you did you have like a multi-book uh arc for for both the story and the character and and did you work to that plan or was it a book at a time Uh, they were hand in hand okay yes i had the plan to write six novels okay now beyond that i had a couple ideas in case i was going to continue it and i still might but i just knew in 2015 i wanted to publish six booker novels so i went ahead and set out the production schedule i set out how many words i needed to write i worked with my editing team my proofreaders beta readers cover artists everybody to align them in a schedule to where we could collectively create six novels that were you know grab you by the throat Mm mm-hmm you know, connecting with the, with, with the reader, connecting with the character, and just, you know, very meaty. And so everybody that I work with are just – I got a really good team of folks, and um, 
I think they're all proud as hell about what we created. And so I did the same thing here with Alex and the, and the Alex Trout series. And it, it, it's interesting because I read the I read the first Alex and I really enjoyed it. So I, I wanted to go back and see what else you'd written. And I, I saw the branding on the Booker series and it, that, it just grabbed me. And I thought this looks like it's going to be something that's really good. So I, I'm going to I'm going to work my way through that as well. Great. But one of the things I think that you do with with all of your books, and it sounds like it's it's in conjunction with your team is you really package everything together well. And, uh, you know, it must be, is it the same cover artist that's done all the covers for you? Initially, I had different cover artists, but I basically went back and had Jaron, who's my cover artist, go back and redo all the old ones. So, yes, he did Booker from the very beginning. He's doing all the Alex Trout ones. Uh, the Greed series had a different set of covers, but I had him go back and mm-hmm. rebrand everything. So, yes, he's the same one, and we work really well together. And I, he comes up with concepts, and he just, he's got a, such a creative, visionary mind. Uh, but the great thing is he's very open-minded. I'll look at something, and I'll say, I don't really see it. You know, I don't really see where you're coming from. Mm-hmm. Have you thought about this or that? And he's just very open-minded to changing things, and we just work really well together. And I think that's one of the keys to trying to be successful is finding people who are collaborative, have passion about what they do, but still have that degree of open-mindedness that allows them to to look at things from a slightly different perspective in case somebody has a different idea or a better idea. Now, since we're on video, I can see uh, Booker Nomos' uh, paperback book back behind you. Can you grab that and uh, stick it in front of the the camera? Because that's sort of the way all the covers look. They're not that color. They're all bright colors, uh, but they've all got that thrillerish edge. You know exactly what you're getting. Uh, when you look at the cover of those books, which is which is critical for readers like me who read a ton of books. Right. And that's one of the things we wanted to convey. I mean, because you can't just stay on the book. And I didn't want to be that obvious. Hey, this is a thriller. Pick it up and read it, please. It's, it's all about the vibe. Mm-hmm. ultimately. And that's what Jaron and I talk about constantly is what is the vibe? Even if that I know a lot of folks look at their covers as to be, oh, i got to be able to capture a specific scene out of my book. Yeah, that can get you into trouble. I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah I, I, you really start trying to – you're like you're directing a movie, and it's like that's not really what you're trying to go for. You're trying to go for the vibe, which is really no different than the book itself in that when you do get into detail when you write a book, uh, you know, character development and so forth, you want somebody to come out of it. At least I do. I want to evoke emotion, and I want them to have a certain feeling. And I want them to go on this path and this journey where – there's a lot of peaks and there's a lot mm-hmm. of valleys, and they connect with that person and the main character, and they can see the perspectives of the other folks because there's the vibe. And they know that they're reading this book. This is the John Mefford book, and it's a thriller, and it's a different flavor of the Greed series or whatever, but I know I'm, what I'm reading is a thriller. Okay, so we, we had the Booker series last year. How many books did you say? Six? Six novels, yes. Right, and actually, six- there's actually have a – a novella out there as well, which okay. is between two and three. All right. So six and a half. I, yeah, I think I saw that on your yeah. website. Six and a half, yeah. you called that. And the first uh, Alex book came out in early January. The second one is scheduled for uh, March 11th, I think. So right. uh, it, it, are you going for the same six-book uh, plan for this year? I am indeed. So walk, walk, us, th- walk us through it. When did you write – uh, at bay. When did you send it to your editor? When did you, you know, final proofs, et cetera, et cetera? Because that's a lot of writing to get done in 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 twelve months, plus all the other things that that go along with supporting these books. You're telling me, and my, my <laughs> wife knows that more than anybody. Uh, it's kind of ours and my kids too. They've all been so supportive and helpful. But um, I think if I wasn't as organized as I was, it'd be difficult to have a life at all. But I basically started writing. I actually went back and looked at this a couple of weeks ago. 
because as I look now, not just towards 2016, I'm actually looking towards 2017 a little bit now. Mm -hmm. I let those, those ideas start percolating a little bit. So I started writing at bay back in July of last year. Okay. And that's when, um, you know, I started putting the initial ideas on paper and just started writing the first draft. Now the whole process as far as, you know, cause people say, how do you put out a different book every two months? They're kind of wondering that. And I say, well, I don't write a book every two months. I just publish a book every two months. And the way that I'm able to do that is because, once again, working with my great team is that I'm between writing drafts. I mean, you don't have – you can't be writing the entire time. You're writing a draft. Mm -hmm. uh, you might be writing a second draft or a third draft, as, as is the case with me when I do my writing process. But when I send it off to my editor, you know, what do other authors do? I don't know, but I don't sit around idly. Mm -hmm. I'm either – uh, editing another book or I'm uh, providing edit response back to my editor on the next book or the previous book in the series, or I'm concepting a future book in the series. So ultimately the process is about 16 weeks, give or take to create a book from start to finish. Okay. And that includes working with my cover artist, but the actual publication comes every uh, two months. And you know, it's, there's just a lot of overlap. I actually have a spreadsheet where everything is mapped out and you can see it, all these different colors for what things mean. Green means certain thing. Blue means certain thing. Dark blue means another thing. All these different milestones in there about when I need to uh, get the cover from Jaron and all this stuff going on. So it's just trying to stay organized, but it's I, this is what I think the readers want. And they're constantly asking me to crank up more books. So mm -hmm. uh, this is the way I think I can do it and do it in a high-quality fashion and still run the author business, so to speak. Yeah, and it, it is. People don't realize all that goes into running the author business. And, and you know, even with the, you held up the book and then you flipped it around as you were putting it back on your desk. There's all the back cover material that I bet you had to write. There's the uh, the material, the, the book description for Amazon that you have to write. And you have to do this for every story. So it's not just writing the book and editing the book and and making the revisions to the book. Then it's, right. it's, it's writing and doing all these other things, plus doing interviews with people like me, uh, posting okay. on Facebook, interacting with your fans. Uh, it, there's a lot to it. And, and I can see how it would be exhausting for people that write two books a year. Uh, for someone that's, that's publishing six, that's, that's a Herculean task. It's a large task. And what's really, I guess, really cool about it is that, and this is why I do it, it's not exhausting to me. You know, I, there are things in my life I've had to do that Yes, I could get I could spend the same number of hours doing other work in my life mm -hmm. versus doing author work. I could stay up till midnight, one a.m. and I have two a.m. doing the author work versus other work. My brain is completely fried doing the other work. When I I might be tired when I'm finishing the author work at midnight or mm -hmm. one a.m., but I don't have my brain is not fried. I feel if anything, I just feel finally fulfilled. I'm doing something I love, uh, and and really, you know, the other part of it, as you probably know, Stephen, is that you know. In the last year now, I've been able to connect with readers like I never have. Mm -hmm. And, you know, through email lists and Facebook and so forth and having the videos like you mentioned earlier on Facebook, having that interaction with readers has meant the world to me. And the feedback I've gotten has been amazing. So that that further fuels my desire to share all these stories I have churning inside. And, you know, I when I first started this journey, I kind of wondered, how many stories do I have inside of me? And right now, the you know, the bucket kind of seems limitless, <laughs> you know? There's so many stories that I can't even get to them, so I just have to be methodical, go put my notes down. Eventually, it's my little bucket list of, of stories I might eventually get to. Mm -hmm. well, well, this man's name is John W. Medford. We've been talking about his the first book in a new series, At Bay. Uh, we've talked about the other series. John, where can people find your books? 
all the major e-retailers, Amazon, uh, of course, all the different Amazon outlets, uh, Apple, iBooks, of course, Barnes & Noble, and Kobo are the and, primary areas you can find them. And where can people find you online? My website is probably the best place to start, uh, johnwmefford.com. And if that's a little bit too difficult to remember, you can find me on Facebook. Just look up John W. Mefford or John Mefford, and you eventually find my author page. And from there, you can find my website. And I will link to both of those. I will tell people that you, you have an incentive to sign up to your email list on your, on your website. So why don't you talk about that for, for a second, and, and then we'll close. Certainly. I have I uh, give away what I call my starter library mm-hmm. to folks who sign up for my email list. And when they sign up to my email list, then they have notification of all my early releases. I have cool giveaways. I just have, I share other books of other uh, favorite authors. Um, anyway, so you get the starter library, which is the first book of the Greed series right now, and the first book in the Booker series, Booker No Moss, or excuse me, Booker Streets of Mayhem. So uh, anyway, it's a pretty cool way to sign up and connect and start the whole process. All right. And I can tell you that people love your books because the Amazon ratings are phenomenal and you have a ton of them. So uh, congratulations on all of your success. I really enjoyed At Bay. I I love the idea for this series and, and I'm anxious to read more and to dig into the Booker series. So thanks so much for being here today. Great. Thank you. I appreciate it, Stephen. In a world where hundreds of new books are released every day, how can readers find yours? I'm Stephen Campbell. I'm the CEO of Camven Media. What we do is provide digital assets and strategies to help authors find and keep new readers and fans. That's the way I pay the bills. But in this show, you and I indulge our shared love of mysteries and crime novels by spending time with the people who write them. If you're hearing this, that means you listened rather than watching because these comments aren't added to the end of the YouTube video. But if you do check out the YouTube video, you'll see some of the subtle differences. The show's exactly the same for crimefiction.fm. Uh, but I, I was able to, I'd seen a copy of one of John's books on a desk behind him. So we're able to show the book and talk about the cover design a little bit. So it's, it's interesting the different aspects you can bring to a show when you incorporate video. Uh, but I, I still pr- I prefer the audio myself, but I know there, there are people out there that like to watch, and it's easy to find YouTube. You can, every, you can get it on every phone. You can watch it on your TV now. So uh, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting option. We'll see how it goes, and we'll see how many other authors are willing to do it. Uh, it's terrifying <laughs> to see yourself on the screen sometimes because the way we envision ourselves looking is, is oftentimes not at all the way we look uh, in the bright lights of the uh, webcam. So kudos to John for coming on. I've got a couple other people who have agreed to do video. Uh, we'll see if this is something that grows or if it's just a short-term experiment. I'm, in, I'm enjoying it, but uh, we'll see whether or not you are enjoying it, if it's something that, uh, that you would consider adding uh, to your YouTube subscriptions. One big difference as an interviewer when you're doing these shows with video is that we can communicate back and forth a little bit better. I can see when the guest is wrapping up a point uh, the guest can see when I'm done with a question. It avoids that uh, stepping on one another that occasionally happens when there is no video involved. So that's something that uh, that I find really helpful. But it, it does sort of, if, if the guest doesn't have uh, a, a great deal of bandwidth, 
we can get bandwidth starved and we get bad audio. So it's not going to be for every situation, but I'm sort of enjoying it. And I hope, I hope you are too. If you are a YouTube uh, user, please go to youtube.com slash the author biz. That's where these uh, videos will be hosted and click on, uh, Click on the video, take a look at it, click the like button, and please subscribe if you would, because I'm just starting this channel, and I, I think that subscribers and likes make a difference in, in terms of how many people YouTube shows the video to outside of people who just go to that site. So uh, if you could help with that, I would appreciate it. We will be back next Tuesday with Michael Sear. We'll be talking to him about his new book, Saving Jason. So have a fantastic weekend, and we'll talk again soon.